Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. All right, man, we're flying. This All is right. good stuff. We, I got to start off with how nice that hair looks. Did you just recently get a haircut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> need to look a bit, you know, a bit more sharp. Yeah. yeah Honestly, I never, go. I never know how I'm gonna get out of it when I out of the saloon when I go to a hairdresser. I always walk in and I tell the guys, just do what you think looks good. And every time it's a different guy. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it's always a surprise. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Actually, it's the neighbor. My neighbor, my, my neighbor just opened the a hairdresser studio in Mauritius, and um, you know, I felt like a kind of obliged. <laughs> to get my hair cut by him because <laughs> so, so, I was like yeah I'm gonna come you know like next time I'll, I'll leave my hair cut I'm gonna come then I was like one day I was like okay I got half an hour now you have time yeah yeah man I come in so got the Worked job out. done yeah. oh yeah no <laughs> looking smooth alright so your you, your season just wrapped up so stoked to talk yeah. about the tour this year on our, I guess, our first official Wing Foil World Tour episode. Kind of going to launch this little mini series for you guys because it, it's cool to talk to you. We had a great, awesome conversation last time when you were in Mauritius and you had two new disciplines this year, which we're going to get into. But uh, yeah, I'll let you take the floor for a bit. Yeah. I mean, to recap a little bit before we dive into the, maybe the new disciplines, I think it's been sure. obviously the. Ah, the biggest, the biggest year of the tour so far. I mean, uh, what we really felt this year, you know, now all the COVID restriction kind of slowed down, and uh, you can travel everywhere without many restrictions, really, which really allowed us to, yeah, to grow the number of events by quite a bit. We nearly doubled it, I think, compared to last year. Um, mm-hmm. And also having new disciplines, so it's been a full-on busy year, a pretty exciting year, and. Um, we had a few of the let's say classic destinations on it but also a couple of new ones and uh one thing i have to say what was interesting i think in general you know this year probably not i'm not the first one who says it i don't know if it's a it feels like it's a really strong el nino year and it really um affected the weather the weather situation globally uh, in terms of yeah, the, okay. the 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 wind um like a lot of places I've been traveling this year too have not been, um, you know, as usual on both sides, you know, meaning that places that are super known to be windy and regular were not that regular windy. And then places that are maybe not as um, consistent were freaking windy. So it's been, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting one on this side. But what I wanted to say is that it really showed, for example, in a lot of the events that we were running this year, where conditions got a little bit more tricky, you know, and, and borderline in a way, uh, that the potential of wing foiling still putting on an amazing show um, was very obvious. You know, have we been in some events where I would I would be sure that a windsurf or a kite event would have not have been running. And with wing foiling, even though conditions were really not easy and gusty, you know, and maybe not as wavy and all these things and light, you still have an amazing show and an amazing competition when it comes to wing foiling. And that shows the potential, you know, of this sport and why it's growing so much because there's yeah, so much more destinations where you can run a competition, for example, in wing foiling. And it might be a lot harder in the other 
let's say, wind water sports. Um, but yeah, we have been a pretty full-on season with four disciplines and um, surf freestyle, let's say, taking the lead on the number of events, which had seven events this year, uh, only that discipline. And then we had oh, six, I think, in in uh, surf slalom, which was also uh, so surf slalom, free fly slalom, which was also really interesting development. I think the last time we talked already about this discipline, that this is the idea about it is really to kind of focus on the downwind aspect of the racing part. You know, it's not the idea to have this classic boat racing style upwind downwind course. So we really try and okay. to adapt to the elements uh, that a, a spot kind of offers and try to focus as much as we can on, on downwinding, especially in places where we had strong wind conditions like Gran Canaria, like Fuerteventura, and also open ocean. Mainly it is a format that works well in open ocean where you can have long free fly legs, where you can really release the wing and do 500 or 1,000 meters without the wing and, and just you know reading the bumps and and downwinding, which is getting oh, more and more awesome. popular in the, in the in the wing community, and this is where we want to push the format. But of course, we also run this format, or the format needs to work in flat water conditions as well. So then it adapts a bit to be a really compact course. Um, for example, um, now in Brazil at the last event, it was a it was a very interesting uh, spot, Cauípe in Brazil. Some people might know it. It's very known for Cauipe, uh, the lagoon, where more or less it's supposed to be the best freestyle kite background, uh, playground in the world. So it's a lagoon that's just oh, yeah, behind like the center of, of the ocean and, and has Bahakas, a lot of people around. And all the pro freestyle kiters, they go there to train. They love it. And then just across the sandbank, 50 meters, you have the ocean with like cross onshore to onshore conditions and waves. But really, let's say not clean waves. But um, yeah, on a foil, they were still like very enjoyable and a really good show. Uh, people could ride them on the on a uh, yeah pretty long. And um, but we decided in the end to uh, because the logistics on the water were also not so easy. But also because there was a lot of factors that we wanted to try that we were running the the the, the surf the sort of free the surf freestyle was on the ocean side, but the free fly slalom we put into the lagoon, and the lagoon was really small. Yeah. So we had to we had to have a super compact course. It kind of felt like running the competition in the indoor pool, you know, and uh, yeah, and you you could like the people you were standing on the beach. Like we had, we didn't use any boats because it was not allowed in lagoon. So all the race start the race stuff our crew was act, like working from land the start line was basically on the land the committee the committee boat and the flags so we were standing on the beach and the guys would and the girls would basically um have the run towards the start line blasting three meters away from the people on the beach watching like along the along along the, uh, the stretch onto the start oh, line. nice and having a really, really short course that was super technical um, with no long reaches. So speed was important, of course, but it was a lot about, obviously, the technique, you know, with many jibes and tacks in it. So really, really technical course and a great show because it was so close. You could see from the beach, you could see the small mistakes and the, and, and, and the good moves that people were, you know, were pulling off. 
uh, and it felt you know you were really like in the middle of the action as a spectator and um yeah it's been, a, it's been, been a pretty awesome. yeah it's been a pretty interesting one i would say in the whole year we had you know all kind of conditions from open ocean grand canaria 40 knots with two meter swell downwinding to yeah basically wow. running races in the swimming pool in uh in Cahuita, and then everything in between so oh yeah amazing so did you find uh, like we we're talking a little bit about this before but do you, are you finding a lot more young guns a lot younger i guess kids coming out and just absolutely ripping because yeah. that a big year yeah. for it yes absolutely i think this year you could really see that i wouldn't say a new generation is taking over yet but um there is not only one or two there is quite a few new faces that are young and some of them you know we still um have a, an age limit in the world to which is 14 years so you need to turn 14 in the year of the competition and there's a couple of young ones that actually have the level to be in there and are younger than that um but there is now a real you know a group that's getting bigger and bigger of these young uh, grommets i would say still uh, that are coming now to the yeah. tour with a crazy talent that have just started winging you know the last two years or maybe three years and that those guys which we call the pioneers of the sport three years ago were, or four years ago were actually the first top guys that were pushing the sport giving them already a hard time and I don't think it's going to take long to to yeah to take over, you know, and this shows, um, you know, how much progression there is in this sport. This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10 kilometer downwinder done with my buddy Mickey from Salt Spring Island. Today, I got in an epic one with my friend Britt. Um, we went from Latuna all the way to the beach and back. Um, heck of a fun time. If you're looking to learn, there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at Saladita Kite School. They are positioned at Latuna, and now that I've been here a little while, I've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots. It is one of the more beginner-friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, they do offer professional jet ski-assisted kite and wing foil lessons. Um, so once again, they're at Latuna. So if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there. So you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, so don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at saladitakiteschool, at saladita kite school obviously i think these young kids i mean if you look at the freestyle side um obviously chris mcdonald is, is leading the pack i would say right now and you know he was upcoming talent already in the last two years but this year he was you know it was his year you could see he was well trained he was so prepared on each event he, as long as the conditions are you know surf freestyle is a combination which can be pure freestyle up to 50% freestyle and surfing. So obviously All right. he's he's a main specialist that was in the freestyle side and most of the events were very freestyle orientated. 
he's the man to beat. You know, everybody knows that at the moment. And uh, but uh, also, I have to say on the on the, the surfing and the wave discipline, I'm surprised. You know how many kids are doing really well because that's normally I would say a discipline where definitely you need some experience. You need to know how to ride waves, and there is a good amount of young ones that are pushing in that discipline as well. Also on the on the free fly slalom side, but I think free fly slalom is probably still something. I know most of the kids are anyway more into the freestyle and like the jumps, but uh, there are and the wave riding, so more the expression side. But also the free fly. I mean, a couple of those uh, young ones are, are doing really well. Of course, in the end, free fly slalom is a race discipline and experience and equipment tuning and all these things play a big role in, in this discipline. So that makes it maybe a little bit harder let's say for the young ones uh you know to get on top that fast but in the surf freestyle discipline okay. we we can see that the most uh that the young generation is now uh on the move and each event we saw new faces you know uh that showed up and and some of them i've never heard before and you're still like whoa what who is this guy you know and 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 and, uh, and, and they would get top positions you know it's still pretty, you know, we have oh, wow. a lot of people that want to compete on tour. And uh, to get into an event, it's only 28 people uh, on the Surf Freestyle event. So they are coming in by ranking and video wildcards and then uh, normal wildcards. And obviously often, you know, there are young ones that would deserve a wildcard by their level, but you just don't know about them. And for them, it's a bit harder to enter. It should be okay. harder to enter. So once they get in and they can do one event, they collect some points, it makes it easier to enter the next one. And some of them now have established themselves pretty well uh, on the tour, you know, being in the top 20 world ranking, which makes them, uh, offers them a spot already on all the events next year. And the difficult thing for a lot of them, obviously, still many of them are still in school and to be able to do seven events in a year that are not all in the holidays, um, it's not easy when you're 15 or 16 years old. Um, but, yeah, you're uh, yeah. traveling with family and you got to organize that. Yeah, definitely. So they do, they can do one or two. And uh, I, I would say we had also the, the the junior world championship where everybody who was there felt like my the level was nothing lower than on the World Cup. You know, they, the kids were all like, I mean, half of them are already in the World Cup. But they are, I think... Now, if you look at the Surf Freestyle World Cups, more than 50% are under 20 years of those who are competing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So that means you're getting old if you hit 21. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's still a couple, especially on the, on the wave discipline, a couple older ones, but uh, on the Surf Freestyle, I think. Yeah. I think probably the oldest one is Bite. But it's, uh, All right. I think, uh, maybe 30 or end 20s. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and the rest. Yeah, Max Robinson, I would say the, there is a few that are around 30, but more of them are more like 20 or younger. Yeah, Max, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So we're seeing a kind of a cool push. And there's also a whole bunch of, of Grom's training that haven't even started the tour yet. Like I'm talking about yeah. 
Caden Pritchard, Matt's son, like we've seen him progress. And there's a whole bunch of other kids from around the world that are watching and they're just practicing, waiting for their day, I guess. So that's going to be super exciting to see it. I, I can see that level going more and more and more, which uh, I don't know, man, that's going to be pretty sweet to see because it's been a while since we've had this kind of new excitement in the sport and it's such a fun time to be a part of it all. Absolutely. No, no. I can also see more and more global interest, you know, in the tour, you know, obviously the majority of our riders are European because a lot of events are around here, but now, especially on the wave discipline, um, we get quite a few of the Maui boys now keen to, to, to get in the mix. Oh yeah. Um, we had, uh, you know, Spencer came to Morocco and then uh, Cash, Cash Berzola is doing really well. Uh, I mean, if he would have participated in the first wave of that, he would have had a shot of the world title, definitely. And uh, a couple other ones and already a few messaged me the last one, two months that they want to be next year on tour. A few of the, like, um, Mali Franco, and uh, a couple of the other Maui uh, kids or boys, let's say, um, which is great because I know there is a big, uh, uh, you know, big scene, but uh, let's say a couple of good guys from over there that we haven't had on tour yet, and they deserve to be there. So I'm looking forward to 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 see them getting in the mix as well next year. Oh yeah, no, I think that's going to be that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, so. You added two new disciplines this year. To, I'm stoked to talk about these two. So you added a pure pure surf and then a big air. Uh, we we're talking a little bit about big air uh, before, but do you want to start on surf and then we'll head into big air? Yeah. Um, I mean, the surf, I think, was a, it was a natural progression. You know, I think I explained it in our last talk already that we started with the idea of the surf freestyle discipline in the beginning in 2020. Um, combining freestyle and wave uh, depending on the conditions. So if it's flat, we do tricks. If it is uh, surfing, like we had already in Morocco 2021, it can be pure surfing. And it can be a mix of both, you know, in spots where you have waves and not only pure surf, it can be a combination of of tricks and, and surfing. And um, but what happened is that obviously most of the events are more freestyle orientated than surfing orientated, and they all counted into the same ranking. So for guys that there is plenty of guys that are really interested and really good in the surfing discipline, but they are not training freestyle on the level like you know those Groms that like go out every day and train their double and triple and quadruple rotations. So Crazy. we kind of we kind of lost those guys because they they couldn't there were not enough surfing events you know if it would have balanced it's another thing but it's more freestyle orientated it was a bit harder for them to you know to stay on top of the rankings so it wasn't that interesting anymore for them to 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 be on those events so it was a natural progression that we said well but this is a big important part of the sport there's many people that wink for that purely surf no, they don't jump. Yeah, they just absolutely. ride waves. And yeah. um, and we need to and we need to cover those, you know, and we need to re- have those representing. So yeah, we founded the the pure surfing or called wave discipline. So we changed that the, the surf freestyle discipline this year was either it's still a mix with wave riding, if it allows, but it was 
never going to be more than 50% surfing. So it can be pure freestyle on, on flat water, like in Leucard or uh, in Tarifa, for example. But it can also be, if you have waves, you can include up to 50% of the criteria being surfed, which allows us, for example, like in Denmark, we had an event where the wind was getting really light, partly of the competition. That's what I was trying to explain at the beginning of our chat. Conditions were, let's say, 12 to 14, 15 knots, so not really strong, like to do proper tricks, but it had some waves, you know, like head high onshore waves, and you could ride. So the criteria okay. was just basically having one trick and one wave ride, you know, and this allowed us to, to, to get a really exciting competition. Everybody was stoked about it. But it cannot get more wave riding than tricks. This is the rule at the moment in the in the rule book. So the surf freestyle discipline can be fifty percent, uh, maximum fifty percent surfing or less, and the rest must be freestyle. And then the pure surf discipline uh, or wave discipline, it is called, is all about surfing. So you 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 are not allowed to do any jumps. Uh, it's only wave riding, and you're also this is important to know not allowed to use the power of the wing for tricks on the wave because we don't oh, want to have yeah that's an important one i think a lot of people don't see from the outside and we had a lot of conversation with the riders about that by the end of the season in morocco if they want to continue this way and because there was a lot of guys who were saying ah but we shouldn't be allowed to use the wing and but obviously if you do that you need to be ready that people you know will will ride a wave and, and, and throw 720s or backflips on the wave and basically freestyle on the wave. And then, of course, it depends how much weight you give on the judging criteria to that. But to avoid that, we this year we didn't allow to do any. You can do tricks on the wave. You can do airs, but you can only be on the neutral handle of the wing. So you can't use okay. the power of the wing. So you can do airs, 360s, but the wing needs to be fully neutral you cannot hold it on the on the on any of the power handles um well in surf freestyle you can so in surf freestyle if you ride a wave you can ride the wave you can do a backflip with the wing keep going riding the wave because it's surf freestyle so that's a big difference um basically surf in, in the wave discipline you get out you get on the wave you release the wing just hold him on the on the front handle and you ride the wave you can take the wing in your hand to to make speed on the way, for example, if you need to pass a section. All right, okay. You know, to be able to speed up. And you can bottom turn and you can top turn with it because you see some guys that do like four slides. Well, but you cannot do an air with the power of the wing. That's the that's the rule. So, yeah, so we, 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 we started the wave discipline this year with three events. And we were saying we're only going to choose pure surfing spots we're not gonna run this discipline in a, in a spot where it you know there couldn't be waves maybe because then you cannot yeah, run a, a competition no yeah so this year we were running that in in Greg, uh, in uh, Ponta Preta in, in Cabo Verde Cabo Verde in uh, in Rio in Sacarema which is the same spot where the WSL runs their surfing competition the well, Rio Pro and in the, in Morocco in Dacha, so we had a, a right hand a right hand point break in in Cape Verde, where yeah a lot of 
that was the first event and a lot of people were acting skeptical if the wing foilers can actually handle that because it's a you know yeah how was that because that's a that's a steam train yeah it was interesting it was really interesting i have to say and i was very positively surprised and i think everybody was because we had a lot of discussion obviously ponta preta doesn't work all the time so we were running that event together with the kite world tour so it was a 12 days window and we would run the kite and the wing foil event in these 12 days looking at the conditions and it's not usually a spot that's working every day so in case you don't get a west swell you don't have any waves at the spot so the alternative spot is on the other side of the of the of the island which is called kite beach a lot of people know it which is a cross onshore and has waves all the time but it's onshoring not offshore so it's not as good but far not as good as ponta preta and a lot of people were i think expecting that we're going to compete in in kite beach you know but we had swell for like five or six days out of the 12 so we had it not like huge huge pumping waves but decent decent size definitely overhead um ponta preta and yeah obviously it was working so i told them the riders guys you better go train there because if the conditions are only going to run in ponta preta i mean uh and and there was a lot of riders pushing for it too you know said like i mean we don't make all the way to to Verde to compete in kite beach in Ponta Preta as well. This is what we want to write. You know, like guys like Tituan and Kauli and Hugo and all the, you know, the guys who love these kind of conditions. Oh, the rippers, yeah. And uh, yeah, but the, I think that a lot of the competitors actually been out in Ponta Preta for the first time during the heat. They've never been out before. And so they were, um, some of them were training because there was not much conditions before that too. You know, they were there maybe a week or two before, but it hasn't been like, as I said, it's not working all the time. So they've been training in the yeah, other spots. So none of them have never been out there and didn't know what to expect. Um, but after the first day of competition, you know, and I, I didn't know what to expect either. I know that place for windsurfing and kitesurfing. I've been out there myself on kite and also wing. And it's a it's a really good wave, but obviously you know when you when you make mistakes, it's very close. I mean, it's it's probably the best stadium in the world to run a wave competition because you would you will I've sit heard. on the beach, yeah, and, and and the waves like kind of wrap around this this point, and you're sitting on the rocks, and you will see guys riding the wave thirty meters in front of you, or even surfers getting barreled. And, and, and listening to the crowd screaming on the beach because it's that close. So, wow. um, which also means if you make a mistake, you end up on the rocks. Uh, and yeah. I know this place from, gear. from windsurfing. <laughs> exactly. You get on the, on the rocks, which is not a big deal in the end, but you can break equipment okay. easily. And I was, I was surprised because knowing from windsurfing, like how many masts would get broken in the competition there i thought it's going to be a similar carnage with a wing foil but um yeah actually not you know it was because most of the time when you get washed in the wave unless your wing doesn't explode you know because it gets rolled in the wave but most of the time that's not happening the wing stays compared to a windsurf sail the wing stays on top of the wave so the wave would like push onto the rocks, the wing floating on top of the white water and then just sitting on the rocks and the water pulls out and somebody in the rocks just takes the wing yeah. up and that's it. So I think we had probably 
30 people getting on the rocks or 30 accidents of people getting on the rocks. And I would say maybe five with broken wings. So oh, that's wow. not a... Okay. No, How'd the foils not, last? Yeah, the foils for sure. The foils get on the rocks and that's the same like in Mauritius too. Obviously, you get some scratches. You don't break them completely, yeah. but you scratch them up, but they still work. So it's not a... It's not a big deal. Of course, you need support. I mean, everybody was there. If somebody got on the rocks all the time, five people came in, helped. So, yeah, it's been it's been a really, and I think a lot of people were surprised because I think a lot of people kite surfers and winter they say, "Oh, we just they can't handle this here." But when they saw the shoot, they saw the, sh- the 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 show that was put on. Wow, it was it's a really really good wave to ride, and 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 every day as the the riders got used to the spot, they progressed. It was a three days competition, and uh, yeah, and then we even had more time to run a you know to run a uh, like a super session, and then we wanted to push the level a bit more, and and we're asking for a best air super session, so we're just crowning awarding the best air because I know during the competition it was really surfing orientated, not everybody tried to get really radical lines, and then uh, yeah, it, it it pushed those guys to really try what kind of aerial maneuvers they can do in this kind of work. And they can do a lot, 360 backflips. Yeah. Now it's been, it's been awesome. It's been a really, a really uh, interesting event. And I have to say everybody was, was going for it. There was nobody holding back. And in the end, having Wesley being from Cavort and taking the win was obviously the cherry on the cake because uh, the Cap Verdeans are so, it's the same in the kite, you know, there's Ayrton and Macho and all the local guys. They are so proud oh, yeah. of their of their own boys and having Wesley winning in front of his friends and family was awesome, you know. They were going crazy. Oh, that would have been special um, for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was it was good, you know, to showcase the world what, what we wave wigging can do and that we don't need to be afraid of point, going actually. into surfing yeah. waves, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think it was an eye opener of eye opener for a lot of people that suddenly, like, ah, okay, winking is not only for mushy waves uh, and onshore conditions. You can take this this gear into proper surfing conditions, you know. And that's the same way for people get barrels on shortboards, windsurf, doing the biggest aerials you have seen, and, and it's one of the best kite spots as well in the way. Um, yeah, and then after that, we went to the next event was again. So all the three events we did this year were combined with Kite World Cups. So we were running a GKA Kite World Cup together with a GWA Week for Wave World Cup in all the three stops with a longer window being able to wait for the right conditions. So the second one we did was in, in, in Sakarema. Uh, it's an hour and a half outside of Rio de Janeiro. Well, oh. probably the most, like, say, known surfing spot in Brazil where WSL runs the Rio Pro. Same waves, exact, exactly same spot where we went. Oh, beautiful. Um, but this has been a little bit tricky, to be honest, um, for for not only the wingers, also for the kites. The spot is a pure surfing spot, so it's not very windy. And when swell hits, it's, it's decent, and it's a beach break. So the beach break is heavy with a lot of current really tricky to go out and um, usually only like you get a really small window of wind in the afternoon so we ended up 
looking for alternatives in the area and we're then able to run also competition in Cabo Frio, which is like two hours further north from Sacarema, where the wind is way stronger. Uh, the waves are a bit smaller because the bay is more sheltered because in Sacarema we had a couple of days with you know decent five meter plus well and maybe 10 12 knots which was really really hard to get out and not only for wings also for kites um, so in Rio we were running uh, most of the competition the first day we were running in Sacarema but it was a bit smaller and it was fine but we had, we were pretty lucky with swell. We got in, the, in that window two, two swells, two decent swells with big waves, like that big that nobody was surfing anymore there. And uh, okay, yeah, but we 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 then ran the wind competition in Cabo Frio, which was wind from the left side, uh, beach break as well, and really fun too. And uh, yeah, and then the last event where it was all about the world championship was in Morocco. And we have been in Morocco already in 2021. Uh, that time still with the surf freestyle discipline, but it was the first time we took the GWA there. And uh, yeah, this is this is a real good place for foil. Like not only sur- or not only wing foil, also for surf foiling. What what happens in Morocco most of the time, you know what? The wind is light in the morning. Everybody is surf foiling. All the boys take their, their, their foils and their points out and go prone foiling. And as soon as the wind kicks in, they blow, they pump their wings and get out on the wing. And it's a, it's a really That's long sweet. right-hander. It's longer than the one in Ponto Preta. It's maybe less powerful. It's a little bit softer wave. But it runs for like 300 to 400 meters long, the whole wave. So you can have insane oh, wow. you have wave rides of over a minute on the wave. And um, and this really showcases, I think, in terms of quality foil, uh, it is one of the best ways you can do a comp. So it's a it's a it's a it's a point break that runs into a bay, also very close to the beach, not like Ponta Preta, but similar close, but on a sandbank, no rocks, and so it's a lot safer. But the wind is very gusty, but it doesn't matter that much on a wing. Or you could just pick up the swell outside, be on the wing, release uh, on the wave, release your wing, and then ride 400 meters all the way to the inside, jive out, and get all the all the way back out and get the next one. So, um, oh, awesome! Yeah, and we had a we had a very interesting competition there too because you know, as I said, there were a couple of guys, um, and the first event it was interesting. You know, in Ponta Preta. I think a lot of people were still not sure about this wave discipline and what it's going to be like. But after Ponta Preta, we had in Rio already. So we have 24 places in the wave competition in Progenda, okay? In the men's and in the 24 in the women's. And in the men's, we had 24 uh, in, 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 Rio, in, in Capo Verde. We had probably, I don't know, 30 or 35 men that wanted to enter. In Ponte Preta, in Cabo Verde, in Rio, we had already, I think, 50 or 45. And in Morocco, we had 60. Oh, wow. Okay. Six, 60 guys that wanted to get in. So, um, plus the girls, talking only, only the guys. So, there was a huge demand already on people that wanted to get on the, on the competition at that spot. And we, we couldn't offer it to everybody. So, yeah, there was a selection 
as I explained, depending on, on video applications, so you can submit videos and we have like four applications that are based only on videos. So for complete newcomers, we evaluate with our judging panel all the videos and then give uh, spots according to their video applications. And um, yeah, and in NAK Verde uh, in, in, in Morocco, the level was really high. Uh, and it was interesting to see, you know, how how much actually a lot of people started to train now for that, you know, for that discipline. Um, also guys that come from the surf freestyle, younger ones, they were super keen to get in there and it did very, very well. Um, and it was, uh, it came all down to in the end, I think two or three guys that were still able to get the title. So it was Wesley that won the first event. Um, it was Kugo who did didn't win any of the first events, but he was on the podium both times. And uh, we right. had uh, uh, also Clément Zero was still in the mix, I think, for the for the win. And then we had Malo and Cash that both were number one and two in the last events, but they both missed the first event for different reasons. So they didn't have enough points to get to the world champion title. They would have been in the mix for sure if they would have not miss the first event and next year they're not going to miss anything they told me already because they want to go for it um, <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> but um yeah so in the end it was it was a really like tight competition but very exciting in the end uh and wesley took the first ever title on the men's side um and uh and muna on the muna white in the in the, on the women's division i mean she was she was winning in Cape Verde. She was second in uh, in Brazil because Nia won in Brazil. And then she took another win in Dafla in Morocco and she claimed the woman's, the woman's title. Um, but she also was, it was a close one with Nia too. So we ended the, the season in Morocco already in October. And uh, yeah. yeah, and that was the first year of the surfing discipline. I think I see this is one of the disciplines that's going to grow the most, in my opinion. Still, you need the right conditions, so it's not something you can do everywhere like surf freestyle. But the interest and demand is similar in surf freestyle and also in, in wave. We have a lot of people that want to push and compete now on the tour. And we want to keep it, as you said, we had a discussion with all our athletes about if we should adopt the, the, the concept. It's still not finalized yet, but I think it's going to be pretty similar like we had this year to keep a pretty clear line between surf freestyle and wave. You know, one is really pure surfing. The other one allows also the tricks on the wave and off the wave. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year and to which places we're going to go. I mean, there is the calendar is already out, but it's not everything set in stone. So there can still a couple of events be added but also some of them drop out that you see on the calendar right now because not all of them are confirmed yet. Um, really? But it looks like, yeah, we have Cape Verde again. We have Morocco again. Uh, I don't know about Rio. Uh, it might be another spot in Brazil, but I wanted to have a event in Brazil as well. And um, yeah, okay. there's a few, a few more that I don't want to name right now uh, because it's a bit too early. Uh, keep it secret but when they're going to pop up uh, they're going to be exciting oh awesome yeah I was almost thinking there's some cool spots in Chile but 
Ja. Ja. Det var. Fair enough. I'll keep that off. <laughs> oh, beautiful. All right. So how did uh, how did Big Air go? Because I was watching some of the, the the footage from that and looking at. I think uh, one of the riders was saying they could potentially push to 15 meters with with the right wind, right? Like, how was that to see that from shore and for the first time? Yeah, that was probably the biggest experiment we tried this year on the World Tour. And I think it's great, you know, that helps. First of all, I want to say, I think it's great to have the athletes that are on tour now being the athletes that are on tour because they are not afraid of anything. They are there. They want to push the sport. They want to see where the boundaries are. With all the ideas we throw at them, and we say, "Hey, let's do big idea. Yeah, let's go for it." And everybody is fire, you know. Um, so the the big air thing uh, came out of the out of the yeah the idea that um, yeah we were we were. We were partnering with Red Bull this year uh, as a as a tour partner on all our on all our events. But Red Bull also oh, wow. had a talk Congrats. last year when we started when we started that cooperation, and Red Bull wanted to do something special. So I told them, well, we could either consider running a, a big wave event or a big air event. Big wave is a bit early in my opinion because I think that the sport still needs to develop a bit further to do. To put on a big wave event that really puts on the show that this would really deserve. Meaning, like if we would, you know, for example, schedule an event on a on a on a waiting a holding period in 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 Nasare or in Jaws, there is probably not enough people yet that will put on a, an amazing show to make it really worth uh, pushing. There is a couple of guys, but obviously you want to. You know, you want to have a really high level across all the athletes, and I think we still need a bit of time to develop that. But it's coming, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's going to be crazy. And, <laughs> um, so we said, "Well, big air." I mean, we know these guys, these boys, these girls—they jump pretty high. Nobody knows yet how high they actually go, but we should put something on, and. Um, they yeah they really liked it um, and they were been they have been already Red Bull has been running the Red Bull Rockets Award in the windsurfing World Cup in Grand Canaria the past two years which was more or less just crowning the biggest jump of the event of the windsurf World Cup event of the wave event and yeah I'll be talking with Bjorn Dunkerbeck who is a legend in windsurfing for those who know him huge. Um, who is the organizer of the Grand Canaria World Cup? And we've been talking last year with Bjorn and said, well, we should get a wing for the event to Grand Canaria. So he said, let's make it happen. And we were first talking only about the surf freestyle and free fly slalom event. But I said to Red Bull, well, if we do big air, there's one, only one place that comes to mind where we got to run this. And this is in Pozo Grand Canaria. Because this is the only place that is new king from morning to evening every day when you get there in the summertime. So, oh, yeah. and Bjorn was pretty fired up about it too. Said like, yeah, well, let's do the big air. And so we adopted, we, we worked with Red Bull, that concept for the Red Bull rocket to adopt it for weak pointing. But we didn't want to do just crown the biggest jump of the, the surf freestyle competition. And so, well, to really push that, 
we need to make a separate bigger event where it's all about jumping high. And um, so we worked out a concept with the writers saying, well, we don't want to, you know, like make you holding back because you need to lend two technical tricks. We want to really focus on how high can you boost. And technicality must play a role, but uh, it shouldn't be the main focus because obviously you will, when we were asking them, we said, guys, do you think if you do 10, 50 meters jumps, then you're going to land your 1080s or backflips or double backflips or whatever rotation they all said you yes. be training at that time? They all said yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> if, you, if you really think <laughs> But then we're like, ah, okay, maybe, um, maybe not. So okay. we, we came up with, with defining the rule book for this new discipline being 80% of the judging criteria being height and 20% only technicality, which means if you are trying to boost really high with a straight jump or, you know, maybe a, a grab or whatever, you know, or a single rotation, you can still win over somebody who does uh, a 720 but three meters lower than you. Oh, so this is the, we, we want to see you guys uh, going big because we have a freestyle discipline already. Um, yeah, that's true, actually. And we, want, and, and we want to have it, and we want to have it really elite. So we did a qualification. We only actually out of, we only allowed 18 people to, to enter the big air. And we, we said, okay, uh, we want to, we want to choose, I think it was eight guys out of, out of the freestyle ranking. And then we want to make a qualifier. Then there were some wild cards. And then we, we did the qualifier uh, before the event in Gran Canaria on the first day. And those who have the highest jumps there will also end it. And then we, we were partnering uh, on, the, on, the, on the technology side with uh, Surfer app, um, which is a, a device. It's an app basically using your phone that has been developed. We've been using this on the, on the Kite World Tour for the big air event. So all the riders are wearing a phone. Um, you know, you, some people might know the Boo device. So the Boo is like <laughs> a device for kiters that can measure how high they go, but it's kind of a sensor that you put on your board. And then when you get back to the beach, you connect it with your phone and you can extract all the data. But as we were live streaming the event, we, we need a live a device where you can get the data live. So to make this work, you need to have a transmitter with a, with a, with a mobile data connection that can give you the can you give uh, the data okay. real time, no? So okay. the Surfer app basically uses phone, and we've been working with those guys together now for two years on the bigger events in Kaidi. So we said we want to have it. We want to get you guys also for the wing, and we equipped everybody with a phone uh, because the sensors in a phone are are that accurate nowadays in the new phones that uh, that they work pretty well, and. So everybody was wearing a phone as a sensor and those data were been transmitting real time to our live uh, to judge how and also the live stream. So you could follow the live stream, see a guy jumping and a couple of seconds after you would see how high the jump was. Um, oh, that helps. Yeah, of course. Because right? it was really hard to obviously if somebody jumps maybe 100 meters in front of you and another one 300, who was higher? But having this data allowed the judges 
to really know, okay, this was now the highest jump we've seen so far or not, how high the jumps really were. And yeah, so we've been, uh, but obviously there you need to, you need the jump to be, to be counting, you need to land it. And uh, the, the highest jump that was clocked in, but uh, that was landed was 11.9 meters on the, on that, on the competition. But the highest jump that was measured and not landed was 14.8. And uh, yeah, that was decently high. That was 15 meters high. That was, uh, I think, Benjamin May from Germany. But yeah, he said, because I didn't want to land. That was too high. <laughs> I just didn't want to land. <laughs> I was, I know. I, I, I let, he let go of the board before the landing. He said, I need to keep my knees. I, don't, I, I, was didn't, I didn't want to land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy. Yeah. No, no. If you, and then, you know, the, before there was the windsurf competition going in the windsurf competition, they used the same device. And I think the highest was like about 10.8 or 10.9. So it was similar, but a meter less than the wing foiler. But it was yeah. really interesting to see also the technique because a lot of them were never really before and first of all they didn't know how high they jumped and they also were not pushing for it really to see where can you go and uh it was all about the height of the jump but also the travel distance so you would try to to you know just not jump too much into the wind and then land like this you would try to like come down and then really like fly down and land with a bit of speed um okay all right, it's kind of like and a curve so, like that kind of thing. Accelerate, see if you can climb exactly. like an airplane and then come back down. All right. So the judges were looking at the height, but also the travel distance and the airtime. And uh, yeah, you could really see, obviously the guys wearing big wings. You know, it's most bloody windy. I remember, I think on that day, so we're running three disciplines in six days. And the windiest day we choose for the big air, obviously, and it was 40, gusting 48 knots. Um, we had a wind meter measuring that, so it was decently windy. And I mean, some guys like Benjamin May, he was on a 4.5 wing, you know, um, in that kind Holy of wind. Shit. Because, because if you're holding a too small wing, it doesn't have enough lift. I mean, he's a big guy, uh, but still, like he was on a 5.0, 4.5, like full on stack. And uh, could we ask and even, uh, what? What brands are there? I guess we can talk about that after. But yeah, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do now because I guess they're all going rigid, super tough new materials. I guess that's all going to help boost even higher. Yeah, this is another thing that uh, there was nobody using any bigger prototype. But I think next year we're going to do it again. I think mm -hmm. that a couple of guys will show up with uh, prototypes that have, let's say, better airtime than... Uh, yeah. They're going to be made for this kind of discipline. I don't think the industry yet was thinking about building wings in that direction, but maybe now we got already requests actually from other organizers this year. They said, Hey, we want to have big air too. We want to also have a bigger event. Can we do that as well? But at the moment, I think we want to keep it really for the right spots, you know, unless it's a you know, spot with, with kickers and, and good wind it doesn't makes sense to do the discipline if they're you know kickers are important too so in Grand Canary you have you have like two meter kickers but they are not steep because you don't want a steep way for the wing for you kind of want a, a flat jump so you can control push the foil out but still gonna get that kick 
And I think Cape Town could be a spot where we could run big air. Um, mm. A couple of other ones, but Grand Canaria is pretty ideal, I would say. Uh, you know, the, the wind is steady, it is strong. You got this nice roll. If it's windy, you got two meter swell coming in. You know, not steep breaking waves, but soft ones that you can really take up clear. And um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a super interesting event. I think when I saw the images, then you know after the, the big air day, and we were going scrolling through the photos, it was like I, I posted a couple on my on my social media, just saying, yeah. "Hey, this is what we came for. This is what we all wanted to see." And they were like, oh, "This is Photoshop. It can't be real. It can't be. It can't, yeah. it can't be hanging twelve meters in the air on a wing." You know, that's that would have been so cool to see. <laughs> and um, and so cool. uh, yeah, it was another great push, I think, this year for the sport. And it also uh, it, it it was probably the event with the biggest media coverage we had in the whole year. You know, because big air it was something even outside the wing foil industry and the wing foil community. That this is something that catches people now. Like if you have this on television, and somebody will say, "What are these guys doing? They're hanging. They're hanging on a wing, twelve meters in the air. No harness to it. Like you know, nothing. If they just let it go, they just fall down. What are they doing? You know? So there was a lot yeah. of interest actually in in reporting from that event, even from outside the Wingfoot world. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really. It was substantially quite a bit more media coverage than we have seen on the other events this year because of the big air. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, so this, there's, and, and all the writers, you know, it was, was in the beginning before we went to Grand Canaria, it was also one of the things I wasn't sure. I know it's bloody windy there. I've been there many times of windsurfing and I wasn't sure how the wing foil is going to handle it and if the gear even going to work. In that strong wind. That's my question. But yeah. but uh, no, I mean they were you know the guys were most of the time even for downwind as I explained for the free fly slalom it was amazing it was the best spot we had this year for it you know we had a free fly race guys would have a start line and then go around the buoy and then just go seven eight hundred meters without the wing downwind on forty knots or thirty five knots wind from the back and just riding the waves all the way down That'd be and so you could fun. really see who were the guys who know the, to do this very well who know how to read the ocean and how, how to overtake without the power of the wing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been uh, one of the best events this year, definitely, uh, I think, Grand Canaria. And then and then when we left from Grand Canaria, the next stop was just the week after the Puerto Ventura, which is pretty windy too. You know, it's been 30 knots every day as well. And they were all like, man, the wind is so light here. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Compared <Yeah>. to 50? <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I think they were most of the boys were riding three point five on the on Grand Canaria on the event, and the girls two point five. Okay. Some of them two point oh. But the girls were doing very okay. well too. Huh? I remember. I mean, the day of the of of the big air, we came in the morning to the beach. We were staying like half an hour away in a hotel, and we we came in the morning nine in the morning to the beach. And usually in Grand Canaria, the wind like accelerates throughout the day. And we arrived there and the water was flying, you know, and I was like, man, I don't know if even the rest of jet ski oh. can go out here. It's so windy already. It's already 50 knots now. And then, and then Bart Smuller rocked up and I said, Bart, you think you can go out there? He was like, yeah, sure. I can. No problem. 
I'm going to go. I'm going to show you. So he grabbed like a two zero wing or two five, and he went out and he had no problem riding. You know, it was like, well, if bots can make it, then the skiers must be able to do it as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and uh, it was a bit difficult to get out because the waves were breaking onto the rocks. But because you have that strong wind, you can really start very quick. Um, mm, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. been it's been a, a really interesting one, and uh, I was also stoked to see on the big air that we had a couple of new faces that you wouldn't expect. Let's say from the freestyle, that were on top. You know, like I mean, Benjamin was putting an amazing show on because he was, you know, there was Tituan and Ratotti who was the the, the big air world champion this year. They maybe clocked higher jumps, but Benjamin was going ten meters. And then rotating front flips, you know, and landing it. So, whoa, that was he was the guy with the most commitment. Everybody agreed on it, you know, even though he didn't win in the end because he didn't have that high jumps. But everybody was like, This guy's crazy. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> heck, of a stalled, heck of a stalled forward, then he, when he climbs the peak, <laughs> rotates, and then comes back down. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Now the show was insane, you know. I'm still, I'm still, still remembering it. It definitely is one of the highlights of the season in Grand Canaria, and I'm really looking forward to next year where maybe we're going to take it because I think we're going to probably push it a bit more on the technical side, and we're going to see guys going maybe higher or a similar height, but then training, you know, also maneuvers in that uh, in that big uh, that big year event. So yeah. Interesting year on the tour, definitely so far. That's all I can tell you about Great Canary at the moment, unless you have more questions. <laughs> no, that that would have been a, a really exciting. Well, well, just both of them to see because surf is so huge around the world, right? Like everybody can, everybody loves surf, and now to combine that with foiling, and we're seeing guys push and push and getting all these these like barreling surf spots, and now we're starting to see foiling go in there. So stoked to see where that goes. And then, yeah, the uh, like Red Bull and jumping and that stuff and going for big air. Like we I can only imagine where that's going to go with the evolution of the technology that comes with it. Oh, that'd be so cool. So, yeah, that was, that must have been pretty fun. That was a fun year then. No, absolutely. For me, it was, it was great to watch, you know, the development of the sport throughout the year, being part of it and being able to steer a little bit where the whole thing is going to go. And but as I said before, already I'm you know I'm just the one you know kind of organizing it. But you need all these all these athletes that are ready to push and that that have the motivation to bring the sport to the next level. And there's a lot of good input and ideas coming from the athletes as well. Um, you know I think that uh, as we said, you know also in in, in Kawipe explained in the in the free fly slalom event we. We've been doing that in a really small area, and I think that maybe also indoor could be something we can see in the future. You know, like not as a you know regular thing, but you remember there was win in indoor windsurfing World Cups, and I think I mean Bards was there is a boat show the, the the Düsseldorf boat show. I don't know if you know about it. It's basically the biggest boat show in the world, um, which. Uh, has a, a action sports area and they have a pool with wind machines 
And I know Bots and a couple of the guys were testing wigs already. The wig machines are not as good as we had back in the days in the windsurf indoor because I've been participating in the windsurf indoor World Cup once in 2005, maybe. Pretty soon found out it's not for me because I was too heavy for that. But uh, on on a, on a wing foiling on the wing foiling side, I think it should work amazingly well because the, as I said, the wind doesn't need to be as consistent. You know, once you are flying on the foil, you don't need much power on the wing. So this is something I could imagine in the future we could see uh, some indoor exhibitions happening too which is a great show for people because you don't need a lot of space. No? And what we did in, in obviously in such a compact course like in like in Kauibe on the slalom, we reduced the number of participants on the court. So we were only running heats of four people at the same time. So you had only four people on the course at the same time because it was so narrow, not eight or 10 or 12 like we do on the open ocean. And, uh, and then it's a bit like a match racing, you know, in sailing. So... It's just like two guys advance, two guys are out. So it's pretty much, you know, uh, you need to finish top two or you're out. And then we did, a, you know, I think we did five rounds in total. Um, yeah, what we, which I think all, also the equipment now is, is, you would still, you would think already you have already that good equipment, but it's, it's amazing to see where it's still going and how much more efficient foils and wings are taken nowadays uh, and a lot of, of our athletes are, are using prototypes in the competitions to test them ah. against competitors you know uh, to the latest materials and these all prototypes that might be in production sometime later you know uh, so so there is that's always that's a good point yeah yeah you see because a lot of moment, stuff our out. equipment rules are open so there is no there's no restriction. The only restriction is that the wing needs to be inflatable. So you cannot, you know, you cannot use uh, a pure rigid construction. It needs to be inflatable. And, but besides that, whatever material you use or what uh, kind of handles you use. Now, also more and more people I see use a harness on the slalom. But the majority is still not. The majority is still without a harness because we don't, as I said, our formats are not really sailing like so. The 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 course formats are not having long upwind races where harness is an advantage. You need to do a lot of turns. You need to unhook a lot, hook in, hook out. So still, a lot of our competitors co- prefer to go without a harness just to have it more simple. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they hard handles or... as well. Yeah. Yeah, the majority. I think you can see that now in, in general on all the on all the uh, on all the most of the weak brands are going this direction of using rigid handles, either longer ones or even like a boom, like you could see, especially on the on the freestyle side. I see now more and more weeks having a boom because the latest development you've still for sure focusing on now the handle pass tricks like back mobs. Uh, where the guys basically pass the handle behind the back, so if you have yeah. if you have uh, if you have a boom, it's much easier to catch it. Um, so you can see yeah, now all these backflip and mopes and 
on the freestyle side for me it was very exciting to see because last year a lot of people said well okay now you see sideward rotation 360s 720s 1080s 1440s uh, they are training now but not ready in competition yet but next year gonna be I think 1080s we saw already in competition 1440 will be the next evolution and I think we're next year close. we're gonna be landed in competition as well yeah getting close I know somewhere yeah. landed, but not in that not in that competition yet. All right. um, but uh, and backflips and front flips. But now it starts with all this one-handed combination. You no know, one-handed backflips, the Palau backflip, and then the back mops. And when it comes to handle passes, you just need to look at kiting. There is way more possibilities than just the back mop. Oh, it's, yeah, it's infinite. <laughs> <laughs> You, you ever think, have you seen a, like a double backy or a double forward yet? Not landed, to be honest. I saw I saw some attempts. Uh, and I think they're going to be landed soon. I think next year double backflips are are doable. Uh, yeah. I mean, we see backflips in the front side threes already and front flips in the front side threes in, in the air. Um, also... A new evolution this year are the combos, so double pops, no? Basically backflip, landing and straight popping into another jump. Or even oh, okay, triple right. combos. Which uh yeah, like figure you know, skating. Can... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but obviously we, we we are trying to only like award them, reward them well if they are linked well. If somebody does a backflip, rides out pumps a few times and jumps again it's not a proper combo a combo is a jump okay. land straight pop into another jump straight pop for you um, all right that makes in sense the, in the in the first competition this year in france we were allowing this and we were very flexible in Leukart. and and then everybody started there like whoa okay hey i have to train combo then we need to train combo and then the next event i think the next one was in brest the european championship and then we were already in the canaries everybody had combos in the trick bag and done very well you know so it was interesting to see this year as soon as you know somebody lands a trick everybody's on it so, uh, so people try to to do things secret which is not easy and nowadays with social media because if you do anybody can film with a phone and put it online but i know if you really want to have an advantage because we are also um, rewarding innovation tricks in the freestyle so if you if you're landing a trick that has never been shown before you get a, a multiplier factor to it so you get let's say six points but it's multiplied with a 1.25 factor so it can a six point can be up to a seven eight for example or seven seven two um yeah this is this is this we because we, we were saying you know it it's just year three. It cannot, you know, the evolution cannot stop already. And we want to reward innovation. So if you land a new trick, you get rewarded extra points for that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so we got some cool stuff to look forward to. See what everybody's going to train um, <laughs> before before next year. That's pretty sweet. Um, what else? Is there anything else you want to you want to talk about? So we've talked about all your disciplines, coolest jumps and stuff that you've seen. Big air. Yeah, I have to say also, I want to mention definitely the, I think the girls level this year really took through the roof. Huh? 
if I see the the girls this year that are they're new ones coming in yeah. as well as on the guys side, but the level of women has stepped up a lot. Um, if you see now front flips, back flips, seven twenties on the women's side as well, one handed back flips. So oh, awesome. it's uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really really good. Um, we will definitely with the tour, you know, trying to expand in different directions. So we're not, we haven't planned to add a new discipline next year. I think adding two new disciplines this year is okay for now. Maybe for twenty five, we'll. But well, let's see. You know, maybe we're gonna we're gonna come up with something completely new when we think it's time for it. But for now, it's not planned to have a, another discipline and keep it with the surf freestyle, the wave free fly slalom in the big air. But we want to probably get a few more events in every, like, in especially big air, maybe we can have a second event and not only one. And, and on the way, it's not that easy to find the right spots, but go to some really good spots uh, on the wave side. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously, the, the, the youth as well, we would also try to, to uh, you know, on the... On the under the World Cup level, so on the continental level and on the qualifying series, we would like to to see, you know, open it up to more people to get into it, and, and, and especially markets that have not been. I hope that next year we, we will be able to do an event in China, uh, that we will go to some places where we haven't, or continents where we haven't run uh, a world tour as well. We still need to go to North America too. Yeah. There's a couple spots yeah. here. They're tricky, but there are a couple spots. Yeah. No, and, and it's a big market and a lot of good riders yep. too. Definitely. That, uh, that can be in there. So either it's being in Maui or in, in the Gorge or anywhere else in the, in the US. Uh, Definitely. Or in Canada, there are, there are opportunities. And uh, we, yeah. We're we're looking forward to grow, but I would say you know more than I think maybe growing the number of events on the world tour. It's more important to grow the quality. So we want to make the events bigger. You know, you have more prize money, bigger media exposure. You know, this year we were already live streaming. I would say half of the events, maybe, but maybe we can you know we can improve this next year as well I uh, get more live streaming coverage and uh, and also on the media distribution side I think it's still a lot of people don't know about wing falling yet you know people that that are potentially candidates to get into it you know but it's a huge we need market. to get in touch with them yeah it's a huge yeah. market especially because people can now just hop on a sup and, and even though it's not crazy high performance you can add a wing to the repertoire and do a whole bunch of different things. So I think including these two new disciplines will will help attract because that's there. It's a big wow factor, right? So especially with big air, like you're always wanting to know like how how high can you go? Surf too as well because you can do that everywhere. Like I started surfing on some bigger stuff this year, and I'm just going straight. Like sit, I had like overhead high stuff at the yeah. Great Lakes, and you're just ripping. You're like. 
okay, yeah, I could see how this would be super, super, so amazing, unbelievable. But there were spots that I could get into that we couldn't windsurf in because the wind was bad, the currents were crazy. But I could get in there wingfoiling and then my neighbor who's a 30-some year vet in windsurfing can windsurf in 50 knots. He's like, yeah, we couldn't, we could you can wing there. So it's like, I think more and more and more as we expand, we're going to see this whole new continue. Everybody now is winging everywhere. So I don't know, man, it, it's, it's pretty awesome to see. Um, and especially getting more, like getting a lot more young kids and getting them hooked on a sport that is so healthy for them. I think that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I think we will, we will on that side for sure. We'll see a lot more, younger and even even younger people you know get into it um i think the youngest one we had this year was 12 um 12 years old in the world cup and he has the level to be there and this is crazy to see you know somebody at a young age can play on a maybe not yet win an event but win in some heats and definitely be good enough to beat people that are in the world cup yeah it's, on, yeah, it's, it's not many around. sports where you have that huh no, no, not really at all. Not really at all. Um, skateboarding, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to be young until your D's and ankles blow out. But <laughs> how's uh, how's your riding been? Have you gotten out to chances to ride at all the events and, and work on some new tricks? Or um, no, actually, I haven't been. I've been I've been on the on the on the water quite a bit this year at home in Mauritius. Uh, awesome. And I enjoy the pure surf discipline. I mean, I'm still doing a jumps and train jumps every now and then but i'm definitely more into the into the wave riding part of it and i've been riding some yeah some bigger dates for sure in mauritius on 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 one and on one hour um but during the events i didn't i wanted to get on the water so bad in morocco because it's such a good wave to ride but unfortunately when the wind uh, when the when the competition was over the wind died kind of died it was really light and uh i had some gear from wesley who has uh you know a similar body size to me because that's a bit of the challenge you know most of the gear that the boys ride about 40 kilos less than me it's difficult ah, for yeah, me to get out there if there's no wind but wesley is a big boy we're nearly the, nearly the same weight class he's a little bit under me but not much um but i couldn't have enough yeah i didn't have enough wind in the end to get out there I've been on the water for one session now in Brazil. Um, okay. I brought my own gear to Brazil and I had, the problem is usually when I get to an event, I'm, I'm really full on working the whole day, morning till evening. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm there for. So if I get a session, it's fun, but it's not that I need to go. But in Brazil, I had a session once uh, at the spot and it was fun. But that's about it, I think. Like when yeah. I was traveling uh, to the events. Ah, and in Fuerteventura. I wanted to get out in Gran Canaria, but we were running comp every day. And then the next day we had to fly to Fuerte. So I got on the water in Fuerteventura for two days, which was fun too. I think it's always nice to understand also from our side, all head judges and judges, they get on the water too, obviously. They are a little less busy than myself on the event. So they can they can enjoy a bit more water time. But I think it's really important that on the crew side you have people getting into the water and testing the spots to make an understanding actually of how challenging and what are the, the difficulties 
uh, of the circus bottle and um, yeah that makes sense because yeah. in essence you are one big like you're you're everybody's in that same community of working with that main goal right your riders are there and all the support staff everybody around they're just trying to grow um, grow the events grow the sport so it makes sense to bring in um, opinions from everybody and then to understand as well from the judging perspective like how difficult is this and if you're a good rider and you're getting out in there that all makes sense it, it's improving the product yeah I mean our our, our judges are all good good riders themselves obviously. oh yeah and we are hopefully also looking forward I mean I still hope all our athletes are going to compete for a while but I think you know those first generation athletes pros now um once they maybe want to stop from on the competitive side we'll definitely try to get some of them on the team because mm-hmm. their that makes experience sense. and their input is is crucial you know yep. um so so uh, we have a lot of conversation and i think this is this is the great thing about it you know everybody in our crew starting from myself all the judges media crew they are passionate water sport people and they do this not only because they earn money for it because they live it they live this sport and everybody wants you know it's everybody is stoked to see the best action and be on the beach and shoot that photo of that guy doing the biggest jump or adding the biggest wave or um or putting the biggest score you know because it was just happening and uh now that's that keeps us all driving and as you said we want to improve the product and in the end, you need to have a lot of understanding. Also, on the organizers, you know, we have organizers that are very um, passionate wing foilers or water sport people from other water sports themselves. And they want to also, you know, have the best show. It's not about only um, making a business out of it, but um, really pushing it and being part of it. You know, a lot of them, the motivation for them to be. Uh, to a stop in the world to is because they've been want to be one of the first places that have been on tour once since the beginning of the sport yeah uh, that's exciting which are some, yeah. some places that have been in the windsurfing world tour and the kite surfing world tour and now the wind falling but there's a couple of new places too that see their chances now they say well now wing falling that's the right opportunity to jump on the train oh yeah what would you say to any young kids that are training and they're not sure if they should come and even try out to get on the tour <laughs> yeah what do you, or, like if they're training at home and they're or, or well no to to kind of compete if they're not sure they're, they're brazing their level on their own they're not quite sure if they'd be good enough or if they could maybe they're intimidated but what could you say that would maybe convince them to give it a crack yeah well definitely i mean all the young ones the the entry for most of them as i said is not that easy to get into a world cup it's not that anybody can just sign up and compete on the world tour so for most of the young kids the first step is to get into the junior events and we're running a we haven't confirmed yet spot for next year but there will be again a youth world championship event and maybe also a continental championship event so uh, and it will be just one because a lot of the, the the young kids they can't travel all year, you know they they can yeah, do it on event and they can go with their parents. So the feedback was that 
most kids would be able to, to follow four or five events in the year. But they can, you know, plan their holidays around one and take their parents and go to that event. So I would suggest, yeah, come to the Junior World Cup and, uh, yeah, and see where your level is standing. I think you don't need to be scared there. It's high level, but there's also people who come in for the first time. And then from there on, you will see if, you, if, if you're doing well, if you're ready to go to the World Cup. And if you have the chance to, chance to come to a World Cup and we offer you a place, then take it. <laughs> yeah that makes sense that makes sense do you um does the tour help with facilitating um like travel and different spots for somebody new brand new getting into it that doesn't know anything about it like is there any guidance and help within the organization that helps people do that uh yeah so we have we usually this depends a bit on the organizer we have there is normally a race notice so if you want to be interested to go to an event there's kind of a race notice which is more or less the info sheet <laughs> which all gives you a lot of logistical infos as well so in the race notice of an event it says okay where does it when does it happen where does it take place what what are the rules for the competition no what are the formats the rules, price, money, point systems, blah, blah, blah. But also has logistical infos in there. So depending how much info we get from the organizer, we always try to put it on the race notice. Having, for example, partner hotels. So a lot of events have a partner hotel that offers a special rate that uh, they can have contacts already for airport transfer. So they know how they, they come to the airport they can just contact the right number to get a lift to the airport or get to the event side. Um, when it comes to food or any any anything that helps, any information, um, we are trying to to pass this on to the riders so that they, they are not on their own getting the whole trip organized. They still need to organize it by themselves. We are not a travel agency, but but we're trying to facilitate it for them uh, to to know where to go, what's the easiest way. Uh, to 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 get to the event, uh, where's the closest airport? Uh, a lot of the event organizers also offer transfers, so they have okay. their own car that can bring around. Because sometimes it might be that you get to an airport with your board bags, it's not easy to find a taxi that can take your board bag. So they are offering a van that goes to the airport and picks up the athletes um, to bring them to the event site. So oh, check awesome. out the race notice. And uh, if you have more questions, you can just drop us an email, whatever. Where we can and where we can help, we will always do it, of course. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, Tom. Man, this is pretty exciting to pretty exciting episode talking about all this stuff. Is there anything else you want to mention to, about uh, what's coming up in 2024? I know we had talked about a couple potential spots that we're going to leave under the radar for now, but I am curious as to what they are because a few popped to mind where in the wave discipline that would be pretty sweet but i guess we're gonna have to wait and see until yeah. you guys finalize it yeah exactly so we want as i said i don't want to you know no it's fine throw some spots out there and then and then they are not happening so basically you know you you will see if you look at the calendar the all the stops that are on there they are either confirmed or with a 2b confirmed status which means they are not 100 percent signed and paid yet because we only put an event on confirmed status once the contracts and payments are done, or the first payments are done. Um, 
but there is a few more in negotiation that at the moment I would not consider being a minimum 50-60% chance you know as soon as an event gets to that status and looks realistic to happen we will add him also with enough time in advance so that uh, that people can plan their schedule um, but there is I would say three, four, five more that have a realistic potential chance they'll still get on the calendar and there are also a couple maybe that one or two that you see in the calendar that will not happen at the end because we couldn't finalize everything okay. we, we want to definitely be a little bit more strict because this year quite a few of the events got confirmed a bit late and uh, we want to we want to be a bit more um, strict on that uh, if certain deadlines are reached and uh, we need to tell them well either it's it's now confirmed or we have to can because the because the the riders also need to to plan their their year no and uh, now <laughs> a few of the riders who do all these disciplines if you have 10 11 12 events a year that's a lot and I'll basically your years because I'm on I'm on the website right now and and so you have for the World Cup 2024 we're looking at one two three. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. So starting, um, they're all to be confirmed at this point, but we're looking at Sal and Cape Verde, Saudi Arabia, France, Spain, Spain, Gran Canaria. So Fort Aventura in Spain, Rio, Dakla, Tarifa, Sarah, Brazil. Looking like that would be a pretty good pretty good season hope they get confirmed for you oh yeah yeah I mean we have some regular events you know as I said we have some events that we've been running not only in the Wingfall World Tour but that have been windsurfing or kitesurfing events like Fuerteventura like Grand Canaria France has already signed actually it's already confirmed um, oh awesome okay. the the uh, Morocco event Brazil that that's they are maybe on the tip we've confirmed now, but I don't have a lot of doubt that they're not going to happen. So, because they've been happening every year, it's just a few details. Um, and also, maybe there could be a date changing a week or something. You know, we need the ones in the second half of the year, there might be still some, some changes. It's more the newer ones where we try to get contracts signed early because we need to be sure that, they, that they're really going to happen. And uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I would say probably in January we should have a pretty good idea. Now it's the time the season is off December, where by the end of the year we want to get uh, as much confirmation as possible for the 2024 okay, season. Starts back up in February. Yeah, the first event is supposed to be okay. pretty soon, and we yeah we we are just waiting. This should this should be hopefully confirmed next week. Okay. Or this week. Well, heck, Tom. This week, hey. I think. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for, it was nice to catch up with you. and seen you in a year, so or pretty much. So, yeah, it's nice, nice to chat. Happy well, you got that haircut. That, that pretty much made it. <laughs> as long as I still have hair. Um, but, yeah, um, no, we're, all, we're all hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can we can maybe uh, plan to catch up some sometime mid season next year and see where we're standing. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. No, that'd be super fun. And I know that even in our crew here out in, in Canada and a bunch, there's more and more people that are that are poking their noses in because it's our athletes are pushing development of gear and everybody's interested to seeing what's coming up with gear development. And I think these two brand new disciplines are really going to help as well because um, even in our crew here, everybody's pushing more and more and more into waves. So just trying to find out what can I get that's the snappiest, what gives me a bit of glide, do I go HA, do I go MA, do I go with a pure surf kind of tails am I playing with? There's so many different combinations of stuff yeah. and I think the tour is at the forefront because you guys are playing with, like you have the top riders there that are all talking amongst themselves and everybody sees what they're riding. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited to see what happens in 2-4. I'm, I'm myself... Because you mentioned that I'm I'm often like, you know, walking over the beach when you run a competition, have a look at the gear where people are riding because I'm interested myself. And it still yeah. yeah, still amazes me sometimes. I mean, it's getting more and more in a similar direction than two years ago. But it's still, you know, quite different when you look at the details, like what people like to use in terms of, you know, you say front wings, back wings, the combination, fuse large length. Uh, position of fuselages, mass positions. There is still, I would say, quite a different approach that different brains or athletes have, you know, whatever they want to ride and what works for them and what are their preferences, obviously, depending on their styles now. So there are some guys that use, I would say, the same foil for nearly everything. And then you have some that uh, have more specialized equipment for whatever use they have no mm. for freestyle and, and, and certain waves they use different ones and some others use the same points and then obviously you can see that some guys come from different waves so they use different wings you know if you have a more powerful waves or less powerful waves and uh, uh, yeah it's 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 a, it's a it's an interesting time I, especially on the, on the wave side on, on freestyle too. I would say, uh, what what people are, are using in the wings. You know, now the, I think there was always a big uh, discussion between, yeah, materials obviously are, are used. Well, we have a Lula, you have other materials that are making wings more efficient. But also on the, on the, on the aspect ratio, you know, uh, if you want to have uh, wings like i'm talking about the hand wings now that have uh, a lower aspect ratio that makes it easier to rotate what kind of handles you will use for freestyle uh, or having a more higher aspect shape that is more efficient and you might use a smaller size because it's more powerful for waves have you seen a lot of them ride uh, leashless or like i know ocean rodeo came out with this new little strap system that you could pull a pin and and it because because um, I know you can get caught in some white water and whatnot, and that wing just kind of gets dragged underwater, then you're getting... Yeah, well, the thing is that in competition, if you lose the wing, it's game over. So... Yeah, that's true. You you don't want this to happen, really. <laughs> I mean, unless it's a really, like, in, in Cape Verde, I saw people, obviously, they got washed and they just opened the leash because they knew the wing will be on the beach and somebody's going to catch it. And you can take it back, but 
Uh, most of the time, if you get washed and you lose your wing, the heat is over. You know, you will not get any more right. in time to be out there. So you don't want this to happen. Don't see really that okay. many people use, releasing wings in the competition. Okay. Anything new kind of tech-wise that you saw on the beach that kind of caught, caught your guard? We don't need to highlight any companies or anything, but anything new that you're like, huh, that's kind of cool that that came out this year? Well, I can see definitely more and more brands uh, coming out with Alula models. Though it seems to be uh, a material that's really improving the efficiency uh, of the wings, uh, but also similar materials to Alula. No, it's not only Alula. There's a couple of other ones, lighter and stiffer ones, that allow to use, um, let's say, thinner profiles also on the leading edge. Um, because you can, they get pumped harder, so they get the same rigidity on a on a on a, on a narrower tube, and and obviously have better aerodynamics. Um, on the canopy materials, they're still experimenting a lot as well. You know, you saw quite a few prototypes of different companies of these transparent materials, like really thin plastic bagging style. Um, <laughs> But it's quite, uh, yeah, it is. I tried a few of them myself and they feel super light. But they are, um, yeah, they have a, a advantage and disadvantages. You know, you see, you see some, some, uh, some prototypes we have, like a monofilm, a bit like windsurfing sails, which on the racing side for sure have advantages. But then when you surf, they might not, you know, be as neutral because they don't flag out that well. Because you would always have uh, wind flow on it, and and then there are a couple of, uh, brands I saw also working on the on the on the two sided wings, no, on having a, a foil on the outside and then the inside. Uh, that uh, where I see mainly a reason as in the in the in the racing part, but I can imagine that something like that will also be uh, very efficient on bigger. You know, having a having a double sided wing that can have more airtime and works better as a as an airplane wing. You know, yeah, that could be interesting. Definitely. You know, if you think about uh, you know some brands, some of the wing and kite brands are also into uh, foil kites, no. They are producing mm. foil kites or uh, paragliders. So that technology yeah. comes from there. So basically the wing can fill up with air on the inside. And, uh, yeah. And uh, just putting some ideas out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what manufacturers keep pushing and see what new foils come out. Um, obviously downwind's the trend now, but there'll be there'll be definitely more stuff coming in the future. So no, I'm st- I'll be stoked to talk to you and I, I hope you enjoy your a bit of downtime. You you're at home for a little bit or are you heading home for a bit? Yeah, I'll be spending uh Christmas yet now in Europe. Uh Christmas okay. in the snow. Oh, I'll 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 be I'll be uh, just I just came I was in Qatar last week for for a kite event for the last event of the kite world tour, so I just oh, awesome. came back from Qatar and uh, I'll be spending now Christmas December in, in in Europe and then I'll be heading back to Mauritius in January, 
uh, get on the water myself and uh, get ready for the new season. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, hey, I hope you enjoy the snow. It finally snowed here where I am right now. And we have some spots. Actually, we we're looking at 25 knots on, on Friday. And I got a new Excel 6.5 dry lock. So uh, I think I'll try for my last. <laughs> I, I just threw up a, a story on Instagram there. I just threw up a story. It was pretty funny because I have full snow at my place, but it was six degrees and kind of, we like to say tropical, like three two hours south. So we went and got some, hey, we got a decent little surf day, but uh, it's starting to get a bit chilly. <laughs> but overall, still super lucky. Like um, it extends our season and I'll wing over windsurf in colder water because I'm less likely to fall in with yeah. wing foiling. So it extends my season a bit and you can still surf and it still clears the mind. So yeah, I'm stoked for Friday. We'll yeah, see how I it mean, goes. I actually, I actually have my gear that I had in Brazil with me here in Austria at the moment. I'm in Vienna right now. And oh, really? we have Beautiful. a very we have a very active uh wing foil scene here in Vienna that developed over the yards the years. You might have seen some pictures that are going in the middle of the city on the Danube River on oh, some of the cool. days. You've got a hundred wings here on the river. It's crazy. Uh, oh cool. And and it's just the river is just like I used to windsurf there, you know, fifteen years ago and was always kinda crap. But now with wing foiling it is it is it is actually pretty fun. And uh, just yesterday, one of my friends here called me and said, hey, we're going to go. And it was snowing. And there are pictures <laughs> of it, you know. And I was like, man, maybe not this week, but if I'm really tempted next week and I still need to get to the water, I might come. I just need to get a wetsuit because I only have a 3-2 with me. I don't think that's enough oh, you'll for be, You'll be fine. You're accustomed to that cold <laughs> weather in Mauritius. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> But uh, yeah, why not? I, as you said, I think uh, wig foiling in cold in cold weather is is way more enjoyable than probably windsurfing because you're yep. not touching the water that much. Not as much, Hopefully. no. Yeah, well, I think I fell twice in like a forty minute session, and where, and then you you can decide how like how fancy you want to go, but you can keep it basic and just get a couple surfs in and come in and. Yeah, no, the new wetsuits. I had a I had a ten year old wetsuit, and I think that thing was due for a replacement. <laughs> so this this new suit's amazing. So I can't complain. But uh, but hey, Tom, thanks a lot, man, for for taking the time out of your day today and for joining us on the show. And stoked uh, to hear about twenty twenty four. And it was just awesome to talk about twenty three and and see how the season went for you. I'm glad it went well. Absolutely. No, I'm happy to catch up with you again. And uh, yeah. Let's see when is the next time we can talk and hopefully some exciting stuff happening to, to chat about. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed and uh, we will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.